guys. Welcome back. It has been a minute, or really a month or two, since we've last chatted, and I'm excited to be back in your headphones finally, or really probably your AirPods. I'm fairly certain I'm the last peasant standing with the headphones that connect to my phone still, and mine even have that weird connector dongle piece because they're the old model, so yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Launching the podcast this spring was such a huge goal that I checked off my list. And after a few months, to be quite honest, it just started to feel a little too much like a chore. Like recording and editing and releasing episodes requires a lot of time, but really a lot of mental energy. And quite frankly, it's just kind of more energy than any unpaid hobby should ever require. So I just needed some time to kind of take some space to reevaluate the content that I'm putting out in the world and kind of what my bigger picture goals are. I know I've mentioned this on the blog and Instagram before, but I don't want to get to a place where I'm posting just to post and just putting out an episode this week just because I said I would on Tuesdays. And I've really been trying to lean into this idea of quality over quantity when it comes to content that I share here and also on the blog and even on Instagram at times. And to be honest, I think I've just felt a little bit burnt out, both like from work and then also just from sharing so much of my life at times. I don't know how else to describe it other than it just, it requires a lot of energy outward to share so much. And I think I've just needed some time to fill my cup back up so I'm able to share that again, if that makes sense. I think I've definitely had like some writer's block thrown in there as well. I just haven't felt as creative and inspired as I usually do the last few months. And when I was talking to a friend about, you know, I think I'm just going to skip this week with the podcast and then skip another. And I'm like, I don't even know like what to talk about. And she's like, just talk about anything. Talk about your move or going to the Kentucky Derby or whatever. But I'm just like, what, what's the point of that? Honestly, what would be in it for you as the listener to listen to me just like gab? I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm like overanalyzing it, which is obviously a strong possibility because that's in my blood. But if you just want to listen to me blab away about my life, I feel like you can always watch my Instagram stories or even subscribe on Patreon. For the last few months, like since February, I literally record a weekly coffee chat just to catch up. And it's literally me talking about what I did that week, what's going on in my more personal life that's not on the blog and just like honestly chatting with a friend. So that's always there. But after a lot of thinking, I've kind of come to realize that I still do absolutely love having conversations with guests on the podcast. These are the episodes that kind of light me up, probably because it's just more fun for me than sitting alone at my desk and (laughs) recording. And if this is a hobby and it's not like you guys are listening to ads or anything like that here, it's got to be fun for me. I'm so excited for this episode today. So ever since launching the podcast, I've been adamant I know a lot of people like record over the internet, like over, uh, you know, there's different platforms you can record in different places. And obviously that's a lot easier than coordinating schedules and getting together and being in the same city in the same time with your equipment and all of that. But my guest that you're about to hear from today, she even said she had plans to come to Chicago. So she's here for this weekend. And it was so great to be able to connect with her while she's in town. But she even said at the end of our interview, she's like, I've been recording a few episodes a week. She said there is such an element about it being in person and being, you know, feeling that energy from each other. So yeah, I definitely want to keep it that way. There's so many guests that I would love to record with. And I'm hoping I'll go to New York and LA and who knows where else to catch up with some friends and record it for you guys to listen to. But yes, without further ado, Clara. 
Guys, it has been a minute, but we're back from a little bit of a hiatus. And today I have a really exciting guest here. This is actually our second time meeting. We realized that we have met before at an event in the West Village in New York. You're like kind of blogger friends. Yeah, sort of blogger friends. I didn't realize till this week actually that Clara had a blog before, a food blog, because now she is a dating coach, relationship expert. I know that that's probably like, you're like, wait, am I though? But um, I know I'm like, who's really an expert? Yeah. But yeah, I'm so excited to have her in Chicago recording this and that we get to connect a little bit more. I know when I've asked you guys for topic requests and recommendations, dating has been the hottest of topics and we got some great questions submitted on Instagram. So Clara, I'll let you kind of take it from here and explain a little bit better what you do now and how you got to where you are. Well, it definitely was not planned. Um, <laughs> is it ever? Is it? I know. And like, uh, we got a lot of questions and I feel like this whole thing began with a question for me personally. So in my late twenties, I was 28 it was the beginning of 2014. I feel like I'm like share. I'm like setting the scene. It was and yeah. someone died. No, I'm the exact same way. Um, and I'm such a dates person too. And I always reference back. I'm like it was September of 2013. Know. And somebody's like, you're like, but I that that's how my my mind. So operates, just yeah. to set the stage for everyone, <laughs> get out your calendars. Um, so yeah, I had been in a nearly seven year relationship. It was a guy that I'd met at the end of college and it was great. It was a wonderful relationship and we both, we were together for so long because we were best friends, there were so many wonderful qualities and we really both wanted to want to get married and then we ultimately realized that it wasn't it wasn't right, which was a very, very sad thing after having, you know, essentially grown up with this yeah. person. I think, I mean, we could go down a tangent around what your 20s are. Oh, God. But yeah, so just so much went down and at the beginning of 2014, we just, we parted ways and that was pretty intense. I mean, and I, and you were in New York at that time. I was in New York and I had never really, I mean, I was such a late bloomer. I was super shy growing up. I mean, terribly shy. No, I was actually the same way. That's so weird. I didn't even go to prom. Well, I did the second year, but I went with a female friend because I was too scared to ask anybody. And somebody asked me my junior year, like I remember coming to school and he asked me and he was like, not, this sounds not terrible, but like (laughs) if I was going to go, I was going with someone popular and I just like ran away in the other direction. (laughs) I was just so, I mean, I do not wish adolescence and high school upon anyone. Yeah. Like every people that I met in college that were like, I loved high school. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, like I, so yeah, no, I, I just, I wasn't kissing or sleeping with boys or doing any of that in high school. And then I went to college and it was the hookup culture. And I can probably count on like less than two hands, the number of people that I like got drunk at a party and then went home with them. And I would wake up the next day in like a severe depression. Like I was just like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. And so I didn't really engage quite frankly. And no one's dating. No one's dating in college. Oh yeah. In college that doesn't exist. Yeah. People are just so, you know, I enter this relationship. It's wonderful. All the things, but this concept of like high total stranger, would you like to get a drink or a coffee or something? And so in many ways, and I think this is true of a lot of women of our generation, I hadn't actually been on a date. I think maybe one person in college like took me out to dinner 
after we'd made out at a yeah, party. Like, totally. Like, you know. That's how, like, the connection starts. And it's right. like, oh, maybe we'll, like, get breakfast after I wake up at your house. Like, right. that's the date. Totally. The only time I ever hooked up with guys in college was around sorority formals. Because like, I had to bring somebody... <laughs> And those poor souls only went and dealt, dealt with, like, dancing to Nelly because they knew they were going to get, like, hook yeah. up with somebody. Like, it's just so sick. Totally. But, so that's where I was at. And <laughs> then I, like, end this relationship. I'm in my late 20s. I totally have the whole, like, but I had planned to be married and have kids and, like, the whole thing by 30. And we were on paper. Like, I had people coming up to me after the breakup being like, do you know who this person is that you I'm like yeah yes I I fortunately have my eyesight yeah and I think my brain is intact although questionable yeah <laughs> like it just it wasn't working it was the saddest thing I mean like yeah. we weren't you know it didn't work it was a hard thing for the both of us to walk away from but we did and then I was like I don't know I had to like get my life back together that's actually when I stopped vlogging because I was like I cannot I gotta heal myself yeah here so and it's I'm, really hard to do that when you are not like a public persona, but you know, when you have yeah, yeah, an I'm, internet full of strangers as a part of your life too, and you feel like you owe people answers and you're like, I just need to figure this out. I'm yeah. Own. And I had no internet. The last thing I wanted to do was like bake a cake and take photos of it yeah. in my, and also I moved apartments and the light wasn't so good. And yeah. I was, like, it and matters. It matters. I was like a hodgepodge photographer. So like I, I really depended on certain light, and I was like, it's not as good here. I ended up working for Self Magazine, so I became the social media director for Self Magazine. I had had, and I feel like this is, we're like sort of going off on a tangent. So basically, in short, like, yeah, had never really dated, and had mostly worked in marketing, had pretty much always worked in marketing up to that point. A combination of like brand marketing, digital marketing, social media marketing, event planning, PR, like all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I, at that point, was like, I'm gonna go back in house, I'm gonna get me like, some health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I set can, me up with that direct deposit. <laughs> direct deposit, so I can get some fancy therapy yeah. uh, to help me. And <laughs> and then, um, but at this time too, like even though I was like, oh shit, so I'm living in the worst city in the world, you know, supposedly the worst city in the world to date, and I'm probably not going to be like popping out a kid in two years. I was like, I knew I was on the brink of just like. Just a lot. I was dealing with some larger shit that yeah. I had very. Wait, how old were you at this? 28, 29? 28. I know. It's a Saturn return. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but that, I feel like my life went to shit at 27, 28, 29 I, as yeah. well. Like, it, what, this wasn't just like, whew, okay, put that behind me. Yeah. Was like, it was okay, like, okay, now really time to like face how you hate your body and your issues with like, you know, sex and food and like why you're so afraid and what from your parents door 20 years ago that you haven't processed, like yeah. all this stuff. Oh, yeah. and really s- fun times, really lighthearted, <laughs> easy to process. I know. It's like a little weekend. I know, I know. And now I like do this work with people yeah. and I'm like, we're going to go there. Yeah. And I'm like, it's going to suck. Yeah. Every time they're like, I feel like shit. I'm like, it's working. Yeah. But I did at that moment in time, like what did serve me was like, I felt like it was 2014. The apps were, like, all the rage. And everyone was miserable. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, the apps suck. Everyone ghosts you. You can't meet people in person. Like, that's impossible. And I'm one of those people that, like, when something... Take it out of the context of dating. When someone presents something to me as, like, very black and white or it it is this way. Just, like, there is no other way. My brain kind of goes off. I'm like, but really? Like, does it really have to... Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that I just, like, got out of this relationship and boom, that light bulb went off. No, like... 
I, through a series of like, you know, I ended up going on the, this is a couple months after like going on the apps and being like, this is a bizarre experience. And then meeting people in person and a combination of things where ultimately I reached this point where I have this feeling of like, I want to meet people in person and I don't believe it's impossible. And so I just started to get really curious about, well, why, why is it that people are saying that? And you know, if you, I mean, you don't have to scratch too far below the surface because, yeah. like, to know. Because if people ask me now, like, how do I meet people in person? If I said to you, go up to the guy that you find cute in the coffee shop and, like, say ask hello. him, say hello, they're like, I can't do Like, that's not yeah. the, they'd be like, fuck you. That's not the answer they're looking for. Yeah. So, like, for me, what I realized was, like, okay, the only thing standing between me and some guy I see on the subway or at a restaurant or wherever, at yoga or something, is the fear, which is legitimate. Yeah. And even if they don't have a wedding ring on, like, I don't know, maybe they're tethered or something. Uh, and yeah, we do live in a day and age where it is more unusual. But at the end of the day, we are also two human beings that have, you know, if you have, like, can speak the same language, yeah. one would assume if you're in the same city. The inability is about something else. It's yeah. about this greater fear to go up to that person. And I didn't have this, like, flashing sign above my head that was like, I have a crush on you. Like, I yeah. think you're attractive. I'd say I became aware of this in, I don't know, maybe like 2016, where it really started to gnaw at me. And so, you know, I wasn't like going to bars and, go, I mean, I have the bedtime of a toddler. I go to bed <laughs> at like 9 p.m. I wake up at 5 a.m. I'm like either a toddler or I'm a grandmother. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tolerate that much alcohol. Like, I think when you tell people I met, they're like, well, I don't want to go to bars. I'm like, yeah, you, me neither. Yeah. But I would be commuting to work or getting my coffee or on the subway and I'd be intrigued by people. And, and that's just not me saying that. That's like, I mean, like I'm always careful to define like what's my opinion versus research. And it's like research based so that the, you can spend 30 seconds with someone and within those 30 seconds, you know more about your dynamic, your chemistry with that individual um, than you do in any other, like then, then you would through an app because you can read their like their body language maybe the tone of their voice like how they speak and order their coffee so true because I feel like I've never really looked into the research obviously or even had somebody say it that black and white but I feel like I always say that I'm like from an app date that I've got like any that I've gone on you know in the first 30 seconds right. if, that you want to stay there if you don't right but then you're stuck there you can't just walk up to them and be like actually never mind <laughs> No. Yeah. And the thing is that we think that by saying that we're being really, um, it's really superficial. You're like, oh, it's only based on but appearance. It's, it's not. It's not just based on appearance. Yeah, not that's at so all. Smart. No. I mean, it's really about just like, and so I felt like I would see these people and, and it's not even just like people. Like I could see a woman who had an incredible scarf on and I was like, Oh, like either I want that, or she's just like the way she carries herself. Totally. Or feel the, like the energy of like, right. Yeah. I would walk by a restaurant and be like, Oh, I want to go back there. There are 4 million restaurants in New York. Like, you you know, there's something where you just become more observant of your day to day. So I was having this feeling of like, I want to meet people in person. And I feel like I'm, I'm having these experiences every day where I'm observing people. I know the only thing between me, um, and, actually asking somebody is is the fear and And that's the fear of like rejection rejection will they think I'm weird do they have a girlfriend do they not will I say something stupid like just you know uh, yeah a general fear yeah that makes sense and um 
because the thing is people will ask, well, what do you, what do you say? Or how do you know? And it's like, you, you don't, you, you know, I think this happens more like I'm careful about genders because I don't want to be so heteronormative, sure. but I'll say like, quite frankly, I work with heterosexual women because that's what I know. I wouldn't feel equipped. Yeah. Know? Like, so, so that's why I'm speaking in those terms, but like I would see like a woman that I was drawn to because of something that she was wearing and you can, there's a similar energy with like someone that I may be sexually or romantically attracted to, but initially I don't, you know, yeah. so I chewed on that fear for about seven months I definitely had some false starts where yeah. I would like start to say something really softly and like no, the person wouldn't hear me and then somebody else nearby would understand what I was yeah. doing so and then I <laughs> I reached the point where I was just like I'm so fucking sick of my own bullshit I can't do this again and so I was getting coffee and it was a Saturday morning and I had just come out of this period where I had been like I don't know really burnt out with work and I was like getting my life so I just I felt good and this guy walked in and, or no, I go into a coffee shop and these long communal tables and I was going there to like listen to podcasts and journal and drink yeah. my coffee and whatever. And he was sitting at the other end of the table, kind of doing the same thing. And I was just like, now or never. And I yeah. waited until he got his check. Yeah. And, and it was more, it honestly didn't even matter if he spoke back totally. to me. It was just like, you needed to get over that like. I mean, it was hump. like diving board. Yeah. Push yourself off totally. the diving board. This actually has nothing to do with how this person responds. And I asked him what he was reading. And we ended up dating for five months. Oh my gosh. And it was, you know, great for what it was. But then once I did that, it was like ripping a Band-Aid off where I just felt kind of invincible yeah. in a sense. And I don't even think I had makeup on that morning. I just stopped kind of caring. caring. And it doesn't mean I'm not impervious to feeling like shit or like feeling nervous about being rejected or feeling scared. Yeah. Not at all. But it, it allowed, it just gave me a sort of like, Oh, there's, this is much more malleable. Like there's something that I can work with. And it wasn't that I was like, Oh, the apps are, are inherently bad. It wasn't no. that it was just like, I feel like I have much more agency, much more ownership over my pursuit of a partner. And that ultimately the, that feeling I think is the thing all these other questions about how, how do I deal with ghosting or texting or social, like ultimately at the end of the day, we're looking for a way to have more agency over this part of our life. And moving into that sphere really helped me. We used the term expert before, like when I started meeting people in person, that's when, and I wasn't even coaching at that point. That is when uh, friends and like would introduce me to complete strangers as a dating expert. And I wanted to be like, uh, I just got, I, not just, but like, it wasn't about like, I have I'm some pariah that is yeah. I have the exact pickup line. No, I just, I, I was able to get over that fear. Well, my friend Megan, she once, this was still when I lived in New York, I think, or maybe around the time I left 2015 mm. <laughs> for getting out our calendars. But she had sent me this article that she read, I want to say it was in the New York Times, about these two that ended up getting married. And the woman, it was like a name, Joanna spelled the Jewish way or something. They were like getting off the subway together. Megan, I feel like was on this, if I see somebody that I'm attracted to, like start a conversation or introduce yeah, myself yeah, and like yes. was kind of on this thing. I'll, I'll find the article if it's still live and put it in the show notes. Well, it made me think of when you were describing that, like the reason why I was like, oh, did the woman like yeah. take the first step? Because a lot of times I get this, you know, people will either ask or this will come up where they're like, well, but I want, you know, where is chivalry? And I yeah. want someone to come up to me. So two things. 
one, when I first did that with that guy, this was years ago at this point, one of the most interesting conversations that came up after the fact was like, and this has happened with multiple men, because I have always been the one to make the first move. In the two scenarios I didn't, they were both cheating on their wives. The two scenarios that they came up to you, they were cheating on their wives. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't need to make, make a blank yeah, statement. Yeah, sure, but that's... But there, there was an energy about those two people. And so what that original guy said to me, he was like, you know, I wanted to say something to you, but I didn't want to bother you. Yeah. And so, like, if we look at, I think if we think about, like, chivalry... They're almost being... What that word yeah. actually means, where you're looking for someone who's kind, generous, thoughtful... I feel like I've dated, you know, quote unquote, very chivalrous, you know, yeah. men, men who have been thoughtful and kind and generous and there's been a reciprocity, but it's, it's interesting. So that's why I was like, oh, you were going to say that the woman asked first, because I think we get this, this thought that like, I'm just coming up and I'm like, oh, Hey, like, you know, um, I don't know if you're into me, but it, 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 this, yeah. this forcefulness to it when yeah. it's more so just like starting a conversation. Yeah, that's so interesting. I struggle with that a lot. And there's been two, this one situation happened and I was like, never again. Because like when you miss that moment, I know. I know. it's just like you you might not ever see that person again. And in Lima, when I was there on remote year yeah. in September, at this co-working space, there's multiple locations. And I would go to the one in Barranco because like the vibe was so much better. The one in our neighborhood of Miraflores was like so corporate. And there was this guy... It was so cute. I mean, he looks like one of my exes here, like to a T. I even took a photo of him from afar and sent it to the ex of like, are you in Lima? But um, I, there was this one time that we were just like in the kitchen at the exact same time. Like I was pouring a coffee and I just didn't say hi. And I was like almost there and I just like chickened out. And I was leaving in like three days and I worked at that office the next three days and never saw him again and I was like clearly I'm not moving to Lima and have no intentions but it could have been fun night out I don't know but that's such a good point because a lot of times I actually see those false starts or just those those when you're able to look back and be like damn it I totally missed that I had a ton of those yeah and that was ultimately what pushed me off the diving board so I actually kind of see them in a positive sense and the other thing too is that it's okay like there's a lot of power in if you hear this and you're like, oh, I'm just going to make a point to observe people more. I will have this conversation with people I'm not working with or with people that I am working with. And we're not even, there isn't a tactical thing where they're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to introduce myself. They just start to interact with the world in this way. And they're like, oh my God, I had this great conversation with a with a guy. And like, it didn't necessarily have to go anywhere. Yeah. But they're like, I had this interaction with a human being in the wild so, yeah. you know, that was really dynamic and interesting and it shifted something so I think it's I think that example is a great thing where you looking back and being like I had this moment I saw it so clearly the next time something like that yeah. you know you, you will yeah so to speak yeah I feel like there were times later I would use that as an example of the Bronco Bay like I'm not gonna have another situation <laughs> of where you just let it slip through the cracks yeah. you know and then I will say too, I have definitely like swung the other way where I'm just like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. And then, and then I maybe I'm a little too forceful. <laughs> I think that that's the better way to be though. But 
with what you were saying with I think when something shifts I used to talk about this with a friend all the time about you know in today's society we're just constantly looking down at our phones when we're walking and it's like well I never meet anybody in person if I'm walking I've gotten bad at it now but for a while I was very intentional like last summer and if I was waiting in line somewhere I wouldn't pass the time on my phone I'd have my eyes up and if you're more so open to those connections even if it's in line at like waiting for coffee or something if you're more open to it it's like you kind of just make that shift even if it's just chatting with like a barista or whoever it is like just having more in-person connection you know totally yeah and I think too what's important with that is to be mindful of like if there's a desperation attached to it because if you're you're like okay all right fine I'm not gonna look at my phone I'm gonna commute and look at people and then if you get to where you're like I didn't meet anybody. anybody yeah it's like okay that's not it's more it's more about like how you engage with the world I am working towards how, because a lot of people are like, well, how does this work? How do you work with clients? And yes, people do come to me because they're like, I'm not having the experience that I want with dating or I want a partner and it's not happening. And I don't, I don't know what the blocks are here. And, and the thing is, is that in any type of, I think whether it's like therapy or coaching or anybody that you go and see, you often don't end up working like the thing that you come in with is often (laughs) never the thing that you work on yes 100 I mean like that's pretty much guaranteed every time I've seen a therapist that's exactly what's happened yeah so it's like I think when you hear this conversation out of in this context it can be like okay I'm just gonna go like where are they like you know I'm not gonna look in my phone but really what like if you pull the lens way back what you're really doing is like taking taking stock of the world and yourself of like hold up like where am I as a human Mm -hmm. being like what is really actually going on here and what am I actually drawn to and what do I want I mean all those big tough meaty questions I I think that it's to be mindful of the expectations and if you feel like you're just like I will meet some like I went to Whole Foods and I didn't see any single guys in line they all had their wedding rings on it's like okay that's that's actually related to a whole different thing totally I feel like I didn't answer your question about how I do what I, how oh. I got to where I... Okay, so once you were kind of answering that question for yourself, you wanted to meet people in person. To back it up even further, like I had come out of this relationship, but I also, my parents divorced when I was about five years old. And also, and I don't say this to disparage them at all. It's more so to paint a picture. Like they were both married multiple times. And this really gave me like a front row seat, I feel like, and a just a desire from a young age, like a curiosity around partnership and mm-hmm. what makes partnership yeah. work and what, and I, I was a child of the nineties or, or the eighties, nineties. So it's like a lot of parents were divorced and I was always curious and fascinated by these different family situations and dynamics. So it's like, if the parents were together, I was like, Oh, like what, what's yeah. their marriage like? Or if the parents were separated and they both had remarried, like did the step parents get along? Did the kids get along yeah. with that? I was just really conscious of that. And I think I'm sure you feel this way too. Cause I think we're around the same age where like, I definitely felt like I grew up in an age of the celebrated, like rah, rah, independent woman, all the single ladies. But I, from a very young age had this just really deep desire to build a life with somebody that wasn't about completing me. It was more about what we would create together. And it's funny. I feel like kind of an, 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 old fogey saying that because I think that that conversation isn't celebrated as much anymore because yeah. like I'm supposed to be I'm like yeah I'm tough and I'm independent and I'm a feminist but it was this deeper desire is the point of saying all yeah. that and so this like larger journey and as I was starting to look at just it was kind of this like it was my own personal thing but it was kind of like an anthropological 
sociological look at like yeah. why are people so miserable so about dating and why is it happening in this way and why are we being presented with these formulas to either like quote unquote get the guy or you know this this it was either like here's a formula to get the guy or you must wholly and completely love yourself you know just love yourself and like whatever that means like just before you can even dream it, that I was like that just doesn't yeah does not compute for me and so through years of reading like both research and then self-help yeah and figuring out all these like internal issues for myself then I I felt like I really had I had agency over it and it wasn't easy but I had a way of how to go about the meeting people that I wanted to and um and having these experiences it doesn't mean it was totally I mean I still got hurt in the process but I can genuinely say like I I I was like on an island I I really I both felt like I had agency over my dating life and I really enjoyed it. And I've had, like, I've dated really amazing men. And so all this started to happen. And meanwhile, I, I work in marketing. Like, I've had different marketing jobs. Most recently, I had joined a startup at the beginning of 2016. It was a fitness app called Aptive. Oh, yeah. So I launched that company. So I Wait, joined. really? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I joined when we were, like, I was the second employee. and So there were three oh of us. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <clears throat> and so... I wasn't at this point not thinking about coaching, not thinking about any of it. Um, I'm building that company, and I get uh, well. I develop like my anxiety worsens to the point where I start get, having panic attacks. So I have to start treating that, and then I developed a severe gut infection. It's technically called SIBO, which stands for oh yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. So all of this is going on, and it was a lot of things. That's a yeah. whole like we won't go down that rabbit hole, but it was largely induced by stress, largely induced by just like I was not in the right industry, and I had been fighting that battle for a long time, and I was working with a coach, and she had for months been saying like you have this in your bones, like you're a healer, you're a coach. And I was like, no, 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 that's not intellectual enough. But, oh yeah, but I think you're intellectual, you know, like, no, no, I can't do that. Like I need to be a VP of marketing. And so finally just, I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to get trained as a life coach and I'm going to get trained as a health coach. And I'm going to blend those two things and I'm going to do comprehensive wellness coaching, which like sounds like cardboard. (laughs) Like, and but I was like, all the while, like the dating, doing stuff in dating was like nipping at me. Yeah. But I was like, no, 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 that's not serious enough. That's not like, I'm not a matchmaker. That's yeah. not, I don't, I, no. So long story short, I end up leaving that job. I was there very early on. I saw it through to like over a hundred employees wow. and it was a, it was like my a MBA. Wild ride. Yeah. It was a wild ride. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, no. I went on a yoga retreat to Bali in like the most quintessential. I love that. And then I, you can't, I was like, and then I quit my job. Like, <laughs> yeah. like how much more eat, pray, love could you get? <laughs> Whatever. I'm such a white girl. But anyway, so <laughs> I come say. back and I'm like still doing the health coach and the life coach training. And at this point, it's the spring, summer of 2018. Okay. But for months sitting in that job, I had had this voice that was like, you need to sit and write. You need to go and sit and write. And I had written a blog for years mm-hmm. and also worked in publishing, but I was writing like tweets, not yeah. articles. So I never really thought of myself as a writer, but I just had this really big pull. And after I left that job in the spring of 2018, it was kind of this like larger, I don't know, come to Jesus, yeah. sabbatical, like change your life of sorts. And so I just started writing for my own sake. And I had two pieces that the two pieces that ended up being published published in the cut. But I wrote those 
very much for my own, just like myself. Yeah. And the guy that I was dating at the time happened to be a really accomplished writer and an editor. And so he was, he was like able to edit. And I just kind of saw it in a way that I didn't see it. And I had contacts in publishing, but it wasn't like I could just like cut the line, but it did help because I did have a connection to New York Magazine where my, I could, I didn't have to like submit it to like an inbox of death where like you don't know where that goes. But the it's other like thing, knowing somebody at a company you're applying for a job for, they put the resume on the desk. It doesn't go to like a black hole. Exactly. But like the other thing too is that when you're a writer, you you pitch, and when you pitch, you don't give them the whole thing. Like you're like, here's my concept. It's like a few. Mm-hmm. It's like a few paragraphs. It's not supposed to be long. I had gone and written these two long form pieces because it had been kind of more of a personal. Yeah. Thing. So then when I got to the email of the person, I was like, well, I have these two things. Do you guys, and I didn't at the time really think that they would be published. And then they were like, okay, yeah, we reviewed them. Yeah, we want to take both of them. And I was like, oh, okay. Simultaneously, I also had a piece that I was writing about my, I'm like, just, we'll just dump all the life problems here. My like 10 year battle with body dysmorphia that I had written for Shape, their website. And I had started writing because. I wanted to market my services. Like that was that yeah. was the whole point. But what ended up happening was those pieces for the cut, specifically the one about dating without texting, yeah. blew up. And it was like, I felt like I was holding like a billboard that was like, come get health coaching. And then this little sign over here that was like, or, or we could talk about dating, but I'm kind of embarrassed about that. Everybody wanted to talk about dating. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't plan that. And I kind of denied it for... A while. Wow. I and so, but now I'm like full fledged. I only coach. Not only. I mean, look. Again, coming back to like what you come for is not really necessarily yeah, what it's about. Sure. So it's like yes, but women primarily come to me in the area of dating and relationships. So now I've got this whole nutritional therapy degree, and <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's yeah. That's how I got here. That's. Awesome. I guess I didn't even, I'm the worst at intros, but how I most recently, how we got connected was you write for Grace. Clara now writes like a column on the Stripe, which is Grace's blog. Yeah. And I think I read, I read Grace's blog. I'm friends with her, but obviously consume all of her content and read that piece, the first piece you did about dating on her site. And I was like, wait, this is brilliant. Your writing style, I feel like is amazing. And then I maybe Grace linked to like the cut or I went to your site or something. I and she did, yeah. I went down the rabbit hole of reading every piece of <laughs> anything you've ever written online minus your food blog back Which no day. longer exists because I forgot to renew my WordPress. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, so that's most recently how yeah. we got connected. And I feel like I had shared a few articles on like Friday Finds and maybe tagged you on Instagram because I had started following you after that. And yeah, it's just... These are the happy times where I feel like the internet is like a friend, a friend place and you can meet really cool people. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, I truly did not, a lot came out of that. Yeah. Like book agents reached out. Wow. Like, um, I was on the news. Really? Um, <laughs> I was on like the Fox local news. It's, it's actually, it was such an embarrassing, it was so funny. It was like, Clara who one day hopes to get married. It was so <laughs> Oh my God. But yeah, no, I never, I mean, truly, like all I can think was, I was like 
so miserable. I was just, it was just time for me to leave that world and that job. Yeah. And I just was like being pummeled with like, right. Now it's interesting. I think that it's at a level where like, I need to take it more seriously. And so I need to start working towards like pitching to places where there's just, it's not necessarily just online, but there's more of a value and attention for sure. the, the craft. Like online is just, it's so much yeah. and it's so fast. And I mean, look, I started online with the craft, yeah. but like, I need to be a little more rigorous about it. So yeah, I feel like I was, I'm like waking up to being a writer and I didn't know I was a writer. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool though. I mean, I feel like on the podcast, especially I'll talk about things all the time about like these little like pings from the universe or whatever it might be. And it's so crazy that you just kept hearing like, right, right, right. And then kind of look how yeah writing one piece and all the things that it's led to. Yeah, no, so. totally. And that's how anybody that I end up working with one-on-one, they reach a point where they're either like, I've read one piece or I've read enough, and I feel like you're speaking in a way that no one has ever seen me, which is honest, like whether I work with people or not, that's like, that's the best feeling in the world. That's like, I, I'm so happy to share all these messy stories. If I can write something to make someone feel less alone and more like themselves and more sane amidst, frankly, just like this bullshit we're being pummeled around yeah. how to date in the digital yeah. age, nothing makes me happier. So yeah, no, I feel, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, I'll definitely leave a link to both of the articles I'm referencing, but the one that you said that was the dating without texting, which I thought was brilliant, and I feel like I especially now need to reread. But I saw today that you published one on Instagram. I think it was on Mind Body Green about, about not Googling. Yeah, not stalking. Yeah, and I don't think I got through the whole article because I was reading it as I was looking down on my phone waiting for my Starbucks just like I preached about not doing. When I was going on a bunch of app dates back in the day in New York that I finally got to the point I realized so now anybody that I meet I won't even like give them a follow on Instagram for a while because I don't need I know me and I go down these rabbit holes of like I know everything about the ex and you hypothesize why they broke up and you know you know the whole thing and it's yeah, I mean, it ends up being what we project, right? So we take what we see yeah. and then we give it meaning and that meaning is entirely based on our own shit, our own totally. insecurities. And I, I think it's also interesting. I think a big part of why, especially like me not wanting to hit follow on Instagram is I think a challenging part of dating in this current landscape. But I feel like in today's day and age with the blog and the, even now like the podcast and Instagram, anybody I meet, I just feel like you could come to my Instagram and be like bosonsequence.com and like oh, all these yeah. funny pictures of me like laughing and beautiful outfits in a park. And I, it, it's hard to like show personality through those things. And I look at it through the lens of like, any guy could go to my Instagram and write me off as some influencer, you know? Totally. And it's, yeah. I have so much more to offer than what my Instagram shows or even my blog posts or even these podcast episodes and such a different depth to my personality. And I would hate for somebody that I met to write me off just by like, oh, this bitch? Like, no, like we're not, I'm not doing this, <laughs> know. you know? And oh, so yeah. I feel like it's almost like if you're an unpaid intern and you're I like I was and like got totally taken advantage of, I'll never let somebody work for me for free, you know, because once it happens, I don't know, you just put yourself in their shoes. And so I think with like not hitting follow on Instagram, I'm like, no, I want to learn about you from you and not what I think you're like based off whatever. I mean, that's kind of the only way. And the other thing too is like we, 
it gives us, it creates this false sense of intimacy. So it's like, oh, I have this sense of, you know, you know, who this person is and what they're doing. And like people, when I tell them, because I, I don't really, I don't really have, I don't have rules. I don't have, you know, but I actually have a pretty firm, like, I mean, I, I guess it's more to say like, I just don't fuck around in the sense of like, I have a firm, like, don't stalk because what you're stalking is, is reflective of like other insecurities and things 100%. that are actually much better for you to like pay attention to. But people will be like, well, no, but I just want to learn, you know, and like make the conversation more riveting. I guarantee you, like if you learn that he went to Aspen circa 2015 for spring break or for winter or yeah. whatever, that you're not bringing that up. That's weird. Yeah. Like, they, they, you know, what you're doing is you're staring at like, oh, who's that blonde girl in yeah. the photo with the, the you know, ski go- Like, you're not going to bring... And if he is like, oh, this one time I was skiing and you're like, oh, in Aspen in 2015, <laughs> he's like, uh, wait, were you there? <laughs> I mean, at least be, I've definitely dated people and been like, when's your birthday? So I can like look and they're like, yeah, I know what you're doing. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I, but I feel you. I mean, this career shift, I haven't dated being in the career that I now do. So I'm probably mildly fucked, but (laughs) it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll lead to some really interesting conversations, but yeah, no, I I think it's a combination of what really stopped me from doing it was like, it was just like, so hit over the head with, Oh my God, you're, this is so actually about you and not the other person. And the other thing too, is that it is just a massive, massive waste of time yeah. like any of that stuff is and we can hear this stuff and we're like oh yeah I know it really isn't I'm not gonna no but really like track your hours yeah we complain I don't know when people are like I'm burnt out with the apps and like yes there's a whole conversation around that but it's just like if you're mindlessly swiping and then just like staring at people's lives you don't know on Instagram that's a very quick way to make yourself feel like shit yeah totally is yeah so well speaking of Instagram <laughs> dating was the most requested topic but then you specifically everybody does want to know about dating some of these are a little bit repetitive I have a feeling we'll knock out a lot of it because they'll they're all interconnected yeah yeah I put this one I don't know if it was first or not but I think it is such a great question and something that I've even kind of like found myself in sort of recently how to not move too quickly when you're an upper 20 something dating? I love this question too, because I like that says to me that whoever wrote that there, it's like eyes wide open. A hundred percent. Like they both have an awareness of themselves and like an awareness of the world around them. So my sense is what they probably feel is like, okay, I'm inching closer to 30 and I have visions for how I want to share my life with someone, but I don't want to jump too quickly into something because I'm just you know, I'm choosing someone because I have a certain timeline as to when I want to be wearing a wedding dress or whatever that looks like for you. And I want to acknowledge it is hard to balance that. Like it it takes a lot of self-awareness to balance that with like, yeah, I also want to have children and really, you know, just that whole, that whole timeline of sorts, because I think that there's an element of, we can think like, forget about it. Just like live your life. And it's not, it's not as simple as that. And so like, I would say to someone to that person and to anyone who's like trying not to fall too quickly into things is that you need to get really crystal clear on what you're seeking in a partnership. And I think when I say that people think like, oh, I want him to be a certain height and, and have this and that. And yes, there's there, that's part of it, but it's more of a vision for what you want to create with another individual in terms of like how you want to share your life together, like the lifestyle that you want to have, what you want to do with your life. And that can sound like super 
lofty, but it's, it doesn't need to be like you have like a checklist and then you go out on the date and you're like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Do they listen? Like more so take the time to think about that for yourself. So then when you're in the scenario of like, oh God, I like, I like this person. Um, but, and this kind of gets into the conversation of red flags. People will always say like, well, what are the red flags I should search for? And it's like, well, what are your, your red, red flags? A hundred percent. You have like, to you know, outline those for yourself. My red flags could be things or, or vice versa. Like the things that you find as red flags could be things that like I'm drawn to. Yeah. And what's behind that question. I, I don't want to get too off this one, but it's like, what's behind when you don't know your own red flags, it's more so like, why don't you think you have the, the sense of self to know that for yourself? Like yeah. that's, that's the larger question there. But so back to this point about how do you be mindful of not jumping into something too quickly is to have that clear vision of what you want a key part of that too is your belief in your how much you deserve mm -hmm. that 100 you know it's so crazy that in anything whether it's money boys yeah. whatever <laughs> it always comes down to like this self-worth thing and you can't fake it and you can't and you can't fake it you can't and it will blow up in your face and it takes like I've been working through it for like three years and yes I do think I've already seen a shift in the types of friendships males that I'm attracting or attracted to there definitely has been a shift but it's still every day such a work in progress yeah and I actually I think that, so yes, it all comes down to self-worth. I know people can hear that and be like, it's the same thing of like, love yourself. Like, how do I like value? So a good thing to do is to actually go back and think, okay, where was the point in any past, whether it was someone you hooked up with or someone you had a relationship with where you either settled or you did something that wasn't frankly true. So I'll give an example. First guy that I met in per you know, so it's like I met him in person. It's like, oh my God, that's so amazing. You yeah. met him in a coffee shop. Well, what did I do? Like two months later, we were sitting there. I wanted an exclusive, I wanted a relationship. I sat with him at a bar and I, you know, I just was like, oh, I just want to like check in, you yeah. know? And, and he's like, yeah, no, I really, you know, I just moved here and I'm really not looking. And I'm like, yeah, no, me neither. So I just lied, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, because I was still in this state of, all right, well, maybe he'll change his mind. Yeah. So actually what you can do is you can go back and you can track what were all the points that I did do that. That will give you clear data on when you, I mean, what was I, I didn't value myself enough in that moment. I wasn't like, I am worthy of another individual that wants the same thing as me slash. I think I can change somebody's mind. It, it's messy. It's yeah. muddled. If you're going through this and you don't know left from right, that's totally normal, but you will get a lot of insight from, let me just look back at all the points in time. Because what I started to find was like with each relationship I've refined or whether it was a sort of we dated for a few months or became a full-blown relationship that ability to sort of refine and refine and refine in terms of like being both understanding what I want and being clear about it mm -hmm. because a big thing that I have is like we we're responsible for teaching others how we want to be treated mm -hmm. like that's a, a big thing I work on with clients but the way in which you learn how to do that is by understanding you know what you actually want so I think I I think I answered that question. yeah it's interesting too and I feel like with this question, I feel like I'm the type. So I recently was telling my therapist a story about meeting somebody. And I was like, I don't know, it just clicked. And it was a fun weekend and whatever while on a vacation. And she's like, are you always like that? Just kind of like quick to like couple up. Mm. And I, so I feel like when I read this question, it was almost, because I don't think I move quickly. I feel, feel like there's so many situations of like, 
it just stays in this, what are we, gray area, fake dating for years kind of thing. Right. But never a boyfriend, never, no, we're not in a relationship, but we, yeah. Yeah. Two years later, here we are. But I feel like there are these times where I feel like I, I don't know, I do meet a lot of people, whether it be on person or like previously in the apps. And I feel like, you know, I've been single for like, nine years at this point pretty much and I don't know when I meet somebody who I feel like I do have like a little bit of a connection with I don't and so I took it as in like when you're in your upper 20s you just kind of are more defined on like what you want and if somebody kind of meets it I feel like it's easy to like fast track into dating do you know what I'm trying to say I do and it's interesting because before you even I had another thought about this but I actually think the two combined so like I think one of the other things this makes me think of is like, especially that late 20s period, because 30 is such a pinnacle. Like mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot of people that are single and listening to this or coupled up, a lot of people put that age of 30 oh, yeah. is like, oh, that's when I'll house, husband, yeah. kids. Or D, none of the above. I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think that if someone had told me, so I'm 33. Should we go back to calendar? Um, (laughs) If someone had told me at 33 that you would be single and not have children yet, if you told me that at 25, I would have thrown myself off the Brooklyn Bridge. But now I can totally see that, no, I'm not ready to have kids. And also it's just the the, the sequence has been, everything feels right in that sense. That's not to say like, oh, don't worry. That's not what it's more so getting in touch with their cultural norms, the, the whole 30 thing that we're conditioned to. What I hear is like being conscious of that in that regard too. And then I think to what you were saying about like when your therapist is like, oh, do you couple up quickly? It's like, well, are you coupling up because it's like, oh, okay, right. This is just like, you know, do this next. Like this is the next step, right? This is working. This is going in that, that direction. I think not to psychoanalyze you, no. Jeff. <laughs> but give I, me it. I love. I live for this. I think it's more like it's kind of going back to like we'll go back to the points where you like look at what was what else was happening around. If it's these instances where maybe things have happened quickly or things have just like fallen and, and it's like whiplash almost. You try, yeah. like, whoa, that, yeah, like all that. and all of a sudden we were holding hands and like look at the context around that. Like what else was happening around that. Because I think that will give you insight as to why, you know, we can get just super sort of textbook about it, but it's like, are you craving security? But I wouldn't... We can have this conversation. (laughs) I would just say to anybody, if like, whether it's this or something like that, if you feel like the same thing keeps happening or you're like, huh, I have this habit of doing this thing, start to look at the the context of what's happening around that scenario. That's really interesting. Okay, next was tips on how to not get sucked into hookup culture. I know we kind of mentioned this within college and... Hmm, I'm not sure. Alexa, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Alexa's not sure. <laughs> Fortunately, I have some thoughts. I think most people listening to this are probably post-college. If you yeah. are in college, I think it's more so kind of Yeah, but I still norm. think it... Okay, so... I generally, and for myself and the women, like the people that I work with, and I think probably the people who are asking these questions, they are seeking long-term meaningful partnership. That doesn't have to mean, you know, wedding bands and minivans or something like that. But like, whatever that looks <laughs> like, like for you. like a great blog name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should like totally, like, let's get that URL and then I'll sell it. So I find when people ask these questions, there's always a question behind the question. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're like, how do I not get sucked into culture? The deeper question I hear there is more like I want something more meaningful and I don't want to just be hooking up with people cool yeah totally get that so 
it's when we, and this comes back to like the agency thing. So I'll give an example where I, I did this for myself. I've never, and I will mention it to people and they're like, I could never do that. But what I did when I was on the apps and I wanted a relationship, I put in my profile seeking something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I've told other people about that and they're like, oh my God, but I would scare people away. And I'm like, well, you'd filter out people that are not interested in the same thing, that are perhaps more interested in just hooking up. And then going even deeper than that, it's like if you have a fear about that, it's like that element of scarcity. There aren't enough people. Like mm-hmm. I just have to like take scraps, like take what I can get. I have to, and, and I get that too, because especially if you've been met in an urban environment with a lot of shitty dating experiences, we're so taught that like, don't be too picky. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, choose someone who's kind. But if you don't want to get caught up in hookup culture, it starts with owning what you actually want, which my guess is a long-term partnership, and then identifying the ways in which you can communicate that from the outset, whether totally. you're meeting people in person or on the apps. And if you're scared to do that, well, that probably comes back to a self-worth question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so all roads lead to self-worth. But yeah, I, I, that's, that's what I think that's about. Yeah. I'm almost 30 living in a city, and I've been sucked into this obviously more times than I like probably care to admit, but... I feel like I've had, I think over the last few years, as I've like really been doing the work, as they say, you know, with this whole self-worth journey and setting boundaries and all the things, I've had to have some pretty uncomfortable conversations. It's so hard. I'll take this one person, for example. It was like this on-off hookup situation. I've always wanted more. He didn't, but I don't know. You think that somebody will come around or totally whatever. And yeah, you finally just get to a point where if you don't want to get sucked into it, you're in control of that. And I think it goes back to just feeling like you have ownership over a situation. And I finally was just like, listen, what are your intentions here? You know, or even yeah. if we hadn't talked in a while and he'd reached back out, I'm like, it sucks to have those conversations. And it's like, I didn't actually want to hear. I knew what the answer was. But once you stand up for yourself, put that like line in the sand, it does kind of feel empowering. And you're like, I don't, yeah, if you aren't going to meet me here, this is where I'm at. And it, yeah. yeah, it sucks to walk away from that in a sense, but does it? You're walking away from something that you don't, isn't what you want, you know? Yeah, yes. And creating the space. I'm a big like space creator of like what you do want. And quite frankly, it was impossible for me to meet somebody else while I was still so wrapped up in him, even though it was nothing. And it took me just being like, hey, listen, this isn't what you want. I We can't keep like talking every day. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And I think too, even though I do this work now, it doesn't mean that it's like, I'm not impervious to these, you know, experiences. And one of the, it brought to mind one of the experiences I had where I, I, I talked about how like with each sort of, I don't know, guy dated relationship, whatever, I became more and more sort of empowered and in tune with like, here are your boundaries, here's what you want and here's how you have... But I started dating this guy who we were introduced with friends and there was such a dynamic and we were so connected and it was kind of all the things other than, and this was the first person I first that I had ever communicated to that I, in, that I was, we were like making out and we were about to go hook up and I was like, I gotta be honest, like I'm looking for something more meaningful. I think I had just been burned a few months prior and I really expected him to say, like, yeah, me too. Because I felt such a dynamic yeah. and a connection. And he was like, yeah, I'm not. And that stung. It really stung. It was so hard to get in a cab and go home or get in an Uber and go home. Like, it really sucked. 
And then, I mean, talk about thinking we can change people. Then, and it was also, I should also admit, because I feel like we don't talk about that, I really wanted to hook up that night. Yeah. Like, I was, like, sexually, like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, it, that sucked, too. Totally. So We're human beings. I know. Like, hardwired. So, like, it's really important to, like, you're saying no to a, you're setting yeah. a limit and a boundary on a lot of things. But I knew, I knew if I hooked up with him that my feelings would be that much worse mm-hmm. and it would be so much harder to get over him yeah. if we had, had been, because like, we had been making out, but we hadn't, like, yeah. slept together yet. So, a few months later, I was just, like, I actually had been like sick. That's when I like, had the, I like had to leave. I had a gut infection. Cannot date yeah. when you have a gut infection. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like, came back to the city and I was like, I need sex. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I know yeah. this guy isn't interested in something. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to hook up with him. I know, like, I knew he wants that, whatever. And we did that, but I totally got sucked back in. Oh my God. You're literally, I feel like. I got sucked back in. I've been in the exact same situation. And then we're at dinner and I'm like, yeah, so I, and he was like, yeah, no, like I said a few months ago. And that was where it was really like, Clara, this person is operating in their integrity and you are not. And it was such a, I mean, that was really when like, I don't know, that was like the two by four of all two by fours that was like, wake the fuck up. Yeah. But I think it's important to note that like, it's really hard in those moments. Mm-hmm. You have to exercise a lot of self-control emotionally and physically. Yeah. yeah, and I think getting to a place with different people has been like a roller coaster of times where I'm like, no, I want something more. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I actually don't want to be with this person. Right. Maybe this would just be like a fun thing. But you're playing with fire. If you've had feelings yes. for somebody and then you're like, oh yeah, I can do this casual thing. And I also think we know. I am a serial monogamist. I'm just fucking bred that way. So I can't even date two people at yeah. once. I tried that once. It was did not work out well. I was very stressed. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I am. And I, I think that we can easily think like, oh no, like maybe I could be this different thing. It's You're far better off to just be like, yeah, I know. Because you know. Yeah. We know. This next one is kind of switching gears a little bit. Divorced in your 20s. How to recover and get back in the game. So I always... I've had people ask this question before and I always admire somebody that's like, I, I went through this thing and yeah. even though I didn't get an on paper divorce, I was with someone for seven years. We lived together. We, I was on his health insurance, like, we, yeah. you know, so it felt very intertwined, but I will say one of the big things we do is like that there's that whole narrative, which is like such a train wreck of like treat dating like a job. Like if you want to be out there, you know, if you want to meet somebody, you have to be out there and the greatest, if you're facing like burnout or you're just like, I just don't have the wherewithal within me. If you're sitting there just like swiping mindlessly and it just feels like nothing to you, the greatest gift you can give yourself is the permission to take a break. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm going to get off the apps for two weeks and go to Soul Cycle and drink a bunch of green juice. I mean like <laughs> give yourself like three to six months or however yeah. long and know that, and if that sounds scary, like I totally, because people are like, oh, then I'll never meet anybody. I promise you the fastest way to like regain your sense of self and energy and desire and you'll be so much more efficient and productive when it comes to navigating what you actually want is to give yourself that. So I would say to anyone, but also specifically if you're going through divorce, is to give yourself a whole lot of padding and cushion and permission to take as much time as you need. It sounds like, and I, so I don't know this person specifically, obviously, but like the fact that they're saying like, I got divorced, I think that it is amazing. And I think all I would say is that I know that there's a lot of uh, this sort of 
baggage and weight and, and I don't want to put that on that person but I would say just stay conscious of that yeah. you know for what you're going through right now because that's sort of where like when we talk about it isn't ever really about the dating it's like I would be mindful of you know, when I first start working with a client I have them do it's like an extensive onboarding questionnaire which is basically just like forced journaling mm-hmm. and I ask them all these questions and what it's really doing is it's like if you imagine the pipes of a house like I'm seeing all the pipes mm-hmm. and I'm seeing where all the clogs are and there might be a clog in the basement and there might be a clog in the upstairs bathroom and how those get resolved are not as straightforward as we think. So I would say whether it's like working with someone or speaking to someone or even frankly through meditation or something like that where you get really quiet and you ask yourself, I think this is just Lively who talks about that, you do that pattern of questioning where you're like, you might... So say, you know, I'm coming out of this divorce and I'm, I don't feel ready to date. I might start with like, well, why don't I feel ready to date? Well, because I'm tired. Well, why are you tired? Well, I'm tired because I've been dealing with all these legal... Like you go, you, mm-hmm. you follow the rabbit hole and you'll get some clarity around both how you're feeling and then what you actually need to make yourself feel better um, and to get back out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm dealing with being ghosted. We'll just start with that. Okay. So there's so much to understand just like what ghosting is and, and why it happens and why it's become such a phenomenon. So here's where I feel like I become a real grandma. But if we pull the lens like way back, the internet has made it so that it's possible for us to be a whole lot less kind to one another. I mean, I'm sure you probably experienced that firsthand yep. with Instagram DMs where people will say things where if they said that to you face to face, you would be like, have you had a psychotic break? Like, are you not well? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 100%. so there's an anonymity of hiding behind a screen that just makes it easier to disappear when we have a feeling or a thought that is like around a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. So like if somebody, you've been dating somebody and somebody ghosts you, you know, they may be feeling like, oh, I wasn't feeling this or, oh, I'm not into this person or, oh, I met somebody else, like all of these things. And the thought pattern can be, and vice versa. Like we often peg this on guys, but it goes both ways. The thought pattern can be like, oh, I don't want to tell this person what's actually happening because I don't want to hurt them or make them uncomfortable when actually what that's really about is we don't want to make ourselves uncomfortable. Yeah. It is difficult to have difficult conversations. Like that's one of the, this is a Brene Brown thing, but like one yeah. of the bravest things that we can do is have difficult conversations and our culture is terrible at that. Yeah. The kinder thing to do is to actually go to somebody and to say like, Hey, I had a great time. Whether or not you really did. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just not feeling this. Like I truly wish you all the best. And the reason why, because a lot of times there's such a pain associated with ghosting. And I, I realized this, the, the one, there's one piece of things where it's like, this is why it happens because we're conditioned to hide behind our phones and not have yeah. these conversations. And we think that's somehow helping the other person when it's not. But ghosting, I've realized it's actually like a form of the silent treatment where it's like, you know, someone could, whether it was one date, three dates or three months and someone just disappears because I hear all kinds of stories when someone just disappears, it's like you're not acknowledging this actual thing that happened. That could have been great drinks, great sex, or great vacation, or anything. And, I mean, the more extreme versions of that get into narcissism and narcissistic yeah. personality disorder. But what I find when people ask that question is, like, there is such a deep pain associated with it, and rightfully so. We're so quick to, because it's so common, we're so quick to brush it off and just view it as normal when... I actually always advise people really feel that hurt. Like yeah. That is a very painful thing. Do not normalize it. Do not try to force it out of your system. And I, I, I really think the root of it is that, like, God, to me, there's nothing 
more, it'd be better if the person came back to you and they were like, God, you're terrible. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even know you or what? I don't, you know, but to have someone just completely is like, this is an experience you share with that person. They're the only other person that's aware about it. It's a very twisted and complicated feeling. And so I think that why people are so, honestly, anytime I write about ghosting, it's like my email list is just like, like just like blows up. And it's not because, I mean, I think I'm saying some good things, but (laughs) it's not a novel topic. It's more that people are just so racked with the pain of it. And I do believe the pain of it is that they're just kind of left with like this complete unknown, no closure. Exactly. Exactly. Like people would much rather be like told, Hey, I wasn't feeling this. They're like, cool. I don't need everybody in the world to like me. So the thing I will say about, cause it's like, okay, great. Like now you've given us permission to feel shitty, Clara, but like, what do I do about that? So I kind of, it's like that operating with integrity going back to, it doesn't have to be this specific thing, but like putting in the profile that you're seeking something meaningful to just start to like think about ways in which you can operate from a place of, of integrity yourself. It's interesting. I realized this the other day and I thought about writing an article on it. I haven't been ghosted in, I don't know, two and a half years, three years, something like that. And that's not because I have some secret sauce or formula mm-hmm. or I have met all magical. I have not met all magical human beings. <laughs> and ironically, the last guy who ghosted me, I ran into him on the street in New York. And he was like, we should hang out again. And I'm like, you blocked me on Instagram. Like, it, you just realize that, like, it's yeah. never what you think. But it's because I think I have just been operating in integrity in terms of what I want. Not perfectly by any means, but it's just made it so that the people that I come into contact with, even when it doesn't work out, there's generally a rather humane conversation yeah, a- around great. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ghosting. It's been around. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's not, this is not, this is a, not a novel concept. People for, you know, I don't know, I don't know when, like, courtship technically, like, but it was harder in the past because you either were in similar friend circles, you lived nearby, or there was the phone. And it, yeah. and, and so the barriers to not just sort of disappear were not as great. And I think without the added pressure of social media and all those things, it wasn't as, you couldn't check in on that person oh, right. and you know exactly what they're doing. And The thing is, is that, especially when it comes to social media and just like the checking in, people think they have to have the wherewithal to like not go on there. And I'm, I'm like, give yourself, what are those things? Like when you're bowling, it's like the bumpers. Oh so it yeah. Go bumpers. Yeah. Give yourself all the bumpers. Like I have blocked, disconnected. Oh, yeah. And it's not from a place of like, I hate you. No. It's just like, I need to protect myself. Totally. Um, and I know that that will send yeah. me into a spiral because I'm a human being with emotions and that's totally valid 100%. and fair. So I'm going to protect myself. I'm not impervious to, you know, seeing my ex's, you know, wedding photos. Totally. No, that, that, that hurts. <laughs> totally. So yeah, that's back to like the stalking yeah. thing before where like, I think we think we have to be this like strong human being that's just impervious to something really hard that we see on social media. It's like, no, give yourself all the support. Yeah. I firsthand people that I've had to unfollow on Instagram it's by no means like a petty thing like I'm giving you an unfollow it's that because we've interacted so much on this app you're the first person that if you have a story the first person that pops up you're the first person in my feed and like if I'm just going about my day yeah I am a human being with emotions and that just like blindsides me and I can't have that and it's nothing about 
just goes back to like it's usually not about that person it's about you (laughs) or vice versa it's not about you it's about the person like making the action yeah and in that sense I do think actually social media has made dating harder because it does feel more significant to cut those ties and I think there was even there was a question in there about like when can you become friends with an ex oh yeah when can you reach out to an ex and I have to say the charge behind that question gave me the sense that like it's not the right time for you to reach out like whatever it is but I don't have some formula in my head it's more so about it has to come from a place of like where are you in your sense of your life and your worth and I think again we know internally and so if the reaching out is about something that's really you're reaching out and it's cloaked in another meaning but but back to the social media piece of things it's give yourself permission to like you're putting up those blinders and those blocks to protect yourself and support yourself um not it doesn't have to have this negative connotation of you're just like shutting out the other individual and let's be real we have like 47 forms of communication these days if somebody really wants to get in touch with you (laughs) they'll get in touch totally Totally. So I know we've definitely touched on this, but I feel like this is more of like a question that kind of you can walk away with like some actual like practical advice. But for people who don't want to use the apps to meet somebody and do want to meet people in person and they've tried through friends, but a lot of friends might be married or you've already extended like the work avenues, that type of thing. What are some types of ways that people can meet people outside of like an app in a more natural setting if they don't want to go to bars or whatever you might hear? Yeah, 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 totally. So it's, it's really simple to start with. And first is just like convincing yourself, whether it's like, I don't know, reading something I wrote or hearing this conversation or something like it's possible. Like, I mean, just sit with the fact that it's like, yes, it's humanly possible. Everyone I've dated in the since I moved to Chicago, more than one date has been, uh, like, in the wild meeting, yeah. not off the I, actually, I think we're going to flip back. Yeah. But it's acknowledging that that is possible and that the only thing standing in between is these anxieties and fears, which are totally legitimate. And those hold data for you. So I would get – I always tell people, like, get super close up to the fear. It's like if you were, like, a kid pressing your face against the yeah. glass. So, like, sit with it and – write this stuff out it's like that's the most it's like getting it out of your system but so if if you were to do that line of questioning where it's like I want to meet somebody in person but I'm terrified to why well this and like follow the whole pattern it'll probably lead you back to something where I don't know you don't like your boobs or something like (laughs) Like, truly and you don't have to then overnight be like oh I love myself holy just getting awareness around that and give that space. You know, it doesn't have to be like, on day one, I do this. On day two, I do that. Like, you mm-hmm. could journal and, like, things will come up. Keep a note in your phone. Do it specifically after you've done, like, a workout class or taken a long walk or doing yoga or something. Because your mind is just, like, free of the noise and the clutter more so. Yeah. And then start to allow yourself to get curious about your environment. So when you're walking to, I don't know what they call the train here, I call this, everything's the subway train. Yeah, the L. But even when you're in a restaurant, like allow yourself to indulge in another. And this is where just like pleasure, and even I would say, frankly, it's really hard to say this without sounding so pop, but like leaning into our femininity. Yeah. Like I think we can think like, oh, I'm going to dress up in case I run into somebody. But like if there's more of just an honoring and a celebration of yourself, then pairing that with your curiosity and observation of the world is, well, it makes you more magnetic, essentially. Yeah. But you don't have to like feel like you're like walking the plank. You're like, okay, I'm going to a coffee shop. I need to ask someone a question. Like, you don't have to like give yourself the space to 
warm up to it. Yeah. And then if you're like, okay, I've been doing that and for a few weeks, a few months, whatever it is, and I think going back to that, you'll probably have opportunities where you're like, shit, I saw somebody or we even engaged a little bit and I could have done something, but I got too scared. That's great. That's totally like celebrate that because you're more aware of what's happening. And then there are probably, I feel like everybody has these where there are certain hmm, cafes, restaurants, parks, places, things that you're drawn to. Cause it's not, I think what we're searching for is like, go to this place at this time yeah. and all of the single men are there. Yeah. Like I work with women all over the country. I'm not a matchmaker. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where to go. And that's not the point. So I would actually say start with those things and start to see what you notice. I guarantee you, you will start to notice people that you're intrigued by and people that don't have wedding rings on. <laughs> and there will be single people within that. And then it's up to like, when am I going to jump off the diving board of actually saying something? And this is where I get the question a lot of times of like, what do I actually say? And I just advise like work with the environment that you're in. I'll use an example which I think will show you how like sneaky and just, you can, I don't know, have fun with it. So I was, this was years ago, I was in a restaurant and I saw some guy, I went to the bathroom and I had already been to this restaurant and I, he was in line for the bathroom and I was like, oh, he's pretty cute. Kind of a long line and he was complaining, you know, there was a conversation yeah. about how this was annoying, they only had one bathroom. I knew there was only one bathroom in this place. But I said to him, I was like, is there only one bathroom? Just to like start a conversation. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, isn't that crazy? And I was like, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> Not, I mean, I was like, actually, no, given the square footage of this restaurant, that seems pretty normal, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> so I did that. And then I wrote a note and I gave it to the bartender because it looked like he was dining with his parents. And, and I, again, it was like, it didn't matter what yeah. happened. And I wrote a note and I just said, Hey, this is kind of awkward. And you, you know, you probably have a girlfriend, which is a compliment. You probably have a girlfriend, but like it, it, yeah. in the case you don't, we met in the bathroom line, kind of awkward. If you ever want to get a drink, here's my number. Two days later, he texted me. So the point is like, it can be where you're like asking somebody and that didn't work out by the way. So that wasn't yeah. to be like, and then we got married, but like, be really creative and have some fun. Totally. It can also just be like you ask somebody to hand you the, I don't know, half and half to pour in your coffee and you say something about the weather or something. It totally. doesn't have to be this novel phrase. But I think the more times you practice, it's like a muscle. Yes. The more times it you do that. Fun. Yeah. And you get more yeah. comfortable doing that. I feel like my piece of advice for that question is break the mold. Mm. I, like, and that goes twofold. I feel like for a while there, my first few years here, I felt like I was just meeting the exact same person over and over. And I'm like, well, where are you meeting these people? Bars. Yeah. I'm meeting fuck boys that are just partiers that right. don't want to settle down and have like Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah, maybe because you're meeting them at underground at 2 a.m. Look in the right places for things that I think that goes back. I wasn't really living in my truth. You know what I mean? I feel like I was, yeah. that's what my friends were doing. And so that's just what I was doing. And I feel like I hadn't gotten clear on what I actually want. And if I was living a life that felt in line with my own values and totally. that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have I met anybody at a coffee shop or at yoga or doing those types of things? No, not necessarily. You yeah. Know, it's like and digging in the sand, looking for dirt. And I think too, like to that point, that's where it's what most dating advice will tell you is it literally headlines are constructed to make you feel like you don't know what you're doing or you're always on the brink of doing something wrong. Honestly, we have all of the work that I do is like supercharging your self-awareness and supercharging your awareness of like the current dating landscape that we're in, which is like a simpler way of saying like 
how we connect and form relationships with individuals like in this day and age. Yeah. Because it has changed. But like what you're describing is like you knew yourself. Totally. You knew it. So we have so much more wisdom within ourselves than we realize when it comes to. And we just cling to these rules and these formulas and these articles that, that are like this is the best time to totally. use the apps or this app is going to do this. This is how you meet people in person because we just want a turnkey solution. Totally. Yeah. And I think also with like breaking the mold, I feel like I've been in periods of time where it's, I feel like I'm not meeting anybody, but if you're doing the same thing over and like my friends and I go to the same pizza place on whatever day, try a different neighborhood, like do things. Again, it's also like, don't do those things and like, okay, I'm going to go to this different bar tonight and I'm going to meet somebody, you know, but just like switch up your routine, but in a fun, no strings attached kind of way, just like pick somewhere else for happy hour with your friends, take a different bus route home take the subway instead of walking I don't know yeah switch it up I think these are all you know it's making me think of you know how you like okay you get this in New York where it's like oh I live here and there's all the amazing things but when you live there you never actually go to the metropolitan like you never do these things start doing the things in your life in your city whatever that you're like oh I never do that yeah you know and this kind of I mean I've been living in the country for the last few months and I'm like oh I should go strawberry cooking never went you know, yeah. like just do the things that you're like, I actually, once it's like a workout class. It's like, once you get into it, you're like, God, yeah. I'm so glad we did this versus yeah. sitting at home, scrolling through Instagram okay. all day. And even and meeting people aside, you know, you're just putting yourself in different situations, breaking the mold. And a few friends and I kind of had like this bucket list that we were almost working on. And they're just fun experiences to have. And you never know that trickle yeah. effect. And then Say, even when you meet somebody, you have, like, more to talk about because you're discovering different things about, like, the city or... And I think what actually happens when when this is going on is, like, by you as a person doing these activities, like, your your energy is shifting. 100%. You're shifting. So it's, like, then the person at work could take on a totally different, you know, or whatever it may yeah. be. I feel like that's how they say like, oh, it's so when you're cliche. Like meeting, when you'll meet somebody when you're least expecting that, but also be the person you would want to date. We'd all want to date somebody who goes strawberry picking and does all these things that you're like, oh, I wish I did that. It'd be nice to have somebody drag you. Yeah, on. yes. There's an element of that, and though I will say, because I think I do think that we're in an age of where people are really they're hurting and they're sad. And there, you know, there was questions in there about like how to be confident in yeah. being single. And one of the most confident things you can do is allow yourself to feel your pain. Yeah. And like validate that and and even just really, really be able to like move through that. And you know, you may not be able to go out and do the thing and there may be moments where it's it's such a balance in terms of like I'm gonna give myself permission to mm-hmm. feel a bit shitty or feel rather shitty about this, but then I'm also gonna force myself to just get out there and get moving, whether it's just a yoga class or whether it's some like weekend trip with friends or something like that, because you know, it's like, it's a gains momentum. Like once you get there, you'll feel better. But we do so much, especially in dating in this where it's just like, okay, all right, I'm going to move on. And and part of that too is like how we're culturally conditioned as, as women. And that gets into the whole like rah, rah, independent women. Yeah. You know, so be so incredibly kind to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Another one that I really liked on here was, I'd love to hear your opinion. It says, I'm good at first dates, but bad at being myself and getting to know people deeper than that. What's wrong? Mm. So anytime someone says to, like, has 
it's like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. So you come back, it's like, why do you think that there's something wrong with you? So I do get a lot of like, I go on a lot of first dates, but I can't really get beyond that. And what I find is, I think there's a lot of people out there not really owning the fact that they want a, a serious, meaningful relationship. Because it's like, once we own something like that, then it's like, oh my God, it's real. And what if I don't get it? Yeah. It's very scary yeah. to, to, to own something like that. And what was the second part where she was like, I feel like I'm not, or... But I'm bad at being myself. I'm good at first dates, but bad at being myself and getting to know people deeper than that. Yeah, so I would imagine that the, fir- the you know, first dates can be sort of so light and yeah. you're not really, you know, it's a stranger. I mean, yeah. it, it's... Whether you've met in person or not, or on an app or something, it's kind of a bizarre occurrence. So I don't know if we're ever really truly ourselves. I, yeah. I mean, you get more comfortable with it over time. But I think what this person is alluding to is like, yeah, sure, like I can get all the first dates. Totally. Because I've always thought, if you're a good conversationalist, yeah. you know, like if you have to go out <laughs> for work lunches and work dinners, you can make a conversation with anybody, you know? So like a first date can feel like it was... Oh, there was never a lull in conversation. Well, anybody... Right. And you're not exactly... I mean, it depends. And I want to be mindful because people... If I say, you know, they're like, well, what should I, what should I do or ask in a first date? There is no formula. It's like, there's there's no... Because what I was going to say is you're not exactly getting to questions of like, so what are you... You know? Totally. But the earlier I've started having those conversations... I did this in my last relationship where I think of like the third or fourth date where I was like, you know, I really want to have a family. I really want to get married and have kids. And, you know, he had had a, he had a kid from a previous marriage. And I said, I was like, I just, I don't know if you're going to want that again. And rightfully so, his question to me was like, what makes you assume, you know? And so the earlier I've started having those conversations was because they, it was directly correlated to my ability in myself. Yeah. To, you know, and my belief that like there was nothing the worst outcome to me would be twiddling my thumbs or just like whatever, just being in this fake gray area for mm-hmm. six months and then the person being like, yeah, you know, it's owning. This kind of brings me back to the very first question, how to not move too quickly almost mm-hmm. because I think I still struggle with that because I feel like the more black and white and the more clear you get on what you actually want, it's almost hard to like enjoy the first few dates because you're just like okay I want to have kids and I want to have a family or like I I don't ever want to have children so if you do why are we even doing this you know those types of situations when is the right time yeah I so I told I totally know what you're saying and I have this like bit of text which I feel like it's like in every it's somewhere on my website it's probably in like 14 articles online but it's about just the argument for letting dating be messy yeah because like if you think about like the ultimate goal which I think as we've come back to like I would anticipate most of the people listening to this are like I want a deep and meaningful connection with mm-hmm. somebody it's an emotionally complicated endeavor it, it, it takes grit and courage and humility and vulnerability and an endless self-compassion and if we paint it sort of in that way it's like well the notion that it would be anything less than kind of messy we're like oh yeah of course and so I think when it comes to these types of like, when is the right time and this, that, and the other thing, I always lean into, and I, I this is what I do for myself, where I acknowledge like, you know, this is just kind of a weird time for me to be dating, I gotta be honest, because like, 
you know, you just start to get to know people, but like, I also have these really like larger aspirations for my life and they're time sensitive and I don't, I'm struggling with how, and like that is a taste of vulnerability where whether or not they're the right person, but the sign to like, you're going to, they'll keep the ball rolling where, where they'll either offer something about themselves or they'll be like, Oh yeah. Like what, wait, I aspirations. That sounds like, wait, what do you tell me about that? You know? So it's less of a like sitting down in an interview and it's like, so um, do you want two children with a dog and a white picket fence? It's more really, I have always found just so much ease and fun and grace, even on a first date to be lean into it and be like, yeah, this is kind of weird. I never really know what to say other than like, oh, so what did you do at work today? Just totally. Just like bark. It's so yeah. fucking boring. So I think that it is, it's like that thing I talked about where you're coming at it from the other angle. I have so much clarity and just kind of excitement and fervor is almost the word over the life I want to build for myself. And that's not a like, I got this vision, either like get on board or get yeah. out of my way. It's not that. It's like, no, I have these things I'm really excited about. And I want to have a kid because I have felt in my bones since I was a little girl that I'm meant to be a mom. And if somebody wants, oh, tell me about how you want it. What? Yeah. Like, or they'll open up organically. If they don't really know how to respond to that, then like talk of, that's a red, that's a red flag that somebody's not emotionally yeah. available. But I think it's like sharing these bits of ourselves beyond like, I do this for work and this is my favorite I don't know, restaurant or whatever, then people will give you clues. Mm-hmm. Then will people will give you clues. Yeah, that's such a good point. Not that you're like trying to find the minds, like minesweeper in a sense of like trying to find the red flags, but sometimes if you're like, oh, well, there weren't really any red flags, you aren't kind of having a little bit more of a meaningful conversation. You know, those might not even Yeah, come up. and I think, you know, there are so many tentacles to this, and it can sound when we're talking about it in this way. It's like, okay, all right, I gotta, I gotta go in, I gotta ask these questions, and I gotta say this thing. The thing I say all the time to people is, like, there's the beginner's mind, which is, like, approaching something without any sort of preconceived opinions or thought. And I always, what I riff on that, and I say practice observer's mind, where you're going into a first date, and it's not like you're observing and you're sussing out their Instagram, yeah. and they're like, are they gonna ghost? You know, it's more, how do you feel around their, this person? What is their energy and their body language like? Uh, you know, are they kind? Are they funny? If you stay really, really present to just like the experience you're taking in in that moment, you'll have all the information that you need. What you go and do with it is another story. And that's where it's like, well, yeah, I got that. Because we all, we all get those. We were talking about this earlier when you get that knowing, that yeah. internal knowing. And I've had that in every single scenario, it's whether or not we listen to it. So all you actually have to do is observe and listen. Totally. I feel like we've talked about a, a lot, lot of yeah. these, but the other thing that we haven't really talked about, does dating long distance from the beginning ever work out? Also, how to deal with a bad texter. The texter part. <laughs> we should talk about, yeah. So start with the long distance one which is like there's no black and white to that like if you are searching for answers it's like you know how that thing if you're like have a pain in your foot and you google it like you will inevitably convince yourself you have oh, an answer totally yeah so does dating long distance never work out no there are stories on either side totally. what's the deeper question there in terms of i don't know because it could be so many different things but my guess is what are the conflicts or issues that you're having in the relationship that are giving you pause or either mean that you guys need to shift the way in which you spend time or interact or it comes back to that knowing of like oh yeah this isn't gonna yeah yeah 
this isn't going to shake out. I think in that scenario, you know more than you think. It's just like you're hoping for me to be like, yes, no, I can guarantee your relationship's going to work out. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't <laughs> say can't that. Do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And if anybody tells you that they can, like, that's some snake yeah. oil. <laughs> Except maybe for, I don't know, you know, it's a really great psychic or something, but that's not my field. Okay, so dealing with a bad texture. So I'm really glad. So I'm, I'm selfishly going to take this question in a little bit of a different direction because, yeah. like, I, I'm going to answer it. But... When I wrote this article, so the title of the article is Dating Without Texting is the Absolute Best. Now, for anyone that works online and like has a mild understanding of SEO, first of all, as a writer, you have no control over that. Yeah. And it's totally driven by, you know, just getting clicks, clicks and headlines. Headlines and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff, which I'm so glad. Yay. I want lots of people to read my content. But what I found came out of that was people thought that... I'll break down the scenario itself. Basically, this person that I was dating at the time who I ended up being in a relationship with for a period it was in the early days, and it was kind of clunky. This was when... It was the same evening that I had brought up a thing about, like, you know, I want to be married. Okay, well, so we were just having these conversations. Yeah. It led to more vulnerable, intimate conversations, just kind of understanding who this other person yeah. was and what 100%. they were seeking. And there's a, it's very... It's really refreshing, actually, to have those. And so we were both in a place where he brought up where he was like, I, you know, I, I don't really like to text. Like I, I work in large chunks of time. And, and I was also in a place of like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I call, I'm like a batch texter. Like I'll yeah. like leave them all. And then I respond to them all. But I was also in a place myself where I didn't hear that and think like, oh my God, he doesn't want to be in touch with me. So what we were actually really doing was we were talking about our communication styles that's not a sexy headline. Like yeah. if the headline were like, here's, you know, we talked about our communication styles over like grilled chicken. Like yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to read that. Totally. But what it communicates, and it was so interesting because they talked about the article on whatever podcast is associated with like... Betches. That's yeah, what Betches. It was have, it the You Up podcast? Did, was it them yeah. that talked about it? They talked about it. And they were like, oh yeah, that guy's definitely cheating on her. He's seeing other girls. That's why. And it was so fast... He was not, and I do not have my head in the sand. It was really fascinating to see people's reaction to it because yeah. they were just like, I can't even fathom. But the thing that came out of it was people thought, so then I got a lot of questions like, okay, so you guys just like don't text, text at all, all, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, the, now that wasn't, that wasn't, no. So back to this larger question around texting. There is a current that runs underneath any texting communication. So like you and I could text. You could, I could send you a podcast tomorrow, Jess, and I'd be like, oh, you're going to love this. And you could respond in two days and be like, cool, well, listen, I'm not like, oh, Jess didn't respond to my, I'm not even thinking about it totally. because there has been a, you know, an agreement or an understanding or the, the relationship dynamic between us is such that like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care. It's, it's, it's built in. And we have this with our friends and our family and like all these other people in our life. Bring it into the context of dating and that undercurrent is like, does he like me? Is this too much? That's where all the like waiting You're to so text right. back, where am I going to use this emoji? This like, that's where all that shit comes in. And we think You're that like, so right. I'm going to totally destroy this whole thing if I use an exclamation point. That's where it all comes in. So like when she's saying, how do you deal with a bad texter? Okay, first of all, what is your definition of a bad texter? Yeah. Because your texting tendencies could be very different than another totally. person's texting tendencies and have nothing to do with how you actually feel about somebody. And, you know, I've been in situations where, and I bet other people have too, I think this is probably a product of the digital age, where like I've had the most riveting text conversations with someone I've never even met 
it's like we're just there's just a volley and it's dynamic and we're just you know it's so good and then I've called them and it is like speaking to someone that that doesn't can't speak English yeah yeah totally I think that it's so interesting and it just goes back to communication preferences and literally earlier today I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about I think that I'm a bad texter. And I, I'm i like, did somebody I know write in this question about They're me? Like, it's Jess. <laughs> um, but I think I'm a good communicator, but I don't think I'm good at correspondence, if that makes sense. I'm bad at email. My phone and I have a disgruntled relationship. You know, we're a strain. Between Instagram DMs and comments on things and email and text and everything being on this like one device... I unfortunately let text go through the cracks. My phone is almost turned into more of a work device. Yeah. But then I was like, what? But I'm actually good at texting with my friends. If Kelly texts me, I'm texting her back within a few hours. But that conversation kind of like boiled down to, you know, if it's more so this where we're not seeing each other very often and we're trying to like keep something going, I'm a talk on the phone person. Some of my girlfriends like from college hate it because I will just like call them and they just aren't phone talkers but I'm like I can't text about this I have too much to say so I end up saying not enough and overthinking you know what right. I mean and you're trying to like crack yeah I totally and it get takes it. so much damn time yes I totally get that and I think the reason that article resonated so because it wasn't just all single I think coupled people and people that because it's more actually about this tethering this relationship we have where it is just like we're just being I feel like pinged and like thrown things being hit with things all the time I mean, we could go down a whole conversation about just like digital minimalism and like yeah. how that's actually, but for the sake of dating and why texting can be so stressful during that period, it's because we attach meaning to it. And that meaning is coming from so many different areas. I talk about our dating lens, which is essentially like every single, and this is true of life, every single date or experience or relationship you go into is completely informed by every other experience that you've had. I mean, that's, it's like childhood conditioning, yeah. like all of it, it's a huge topic. But so this is what's happening when it comes to texting. And I, it's interesting in that relationship when it was the early weeks and he didn't get back to me one night. This is where I, I'm, I'm not impervious to this either. He truly, you know, like truly didn't see it. And, or it didn't, whatever, didn't come through. And that's tough too, because like we think like, oh, they always come through and you always yeah. see it. Like, and yet there are those instances, but I did have anxiety that yeah. night. And so it's really tough to sit here and there is unfortunately no rule. What I'll say about that is that us not texting opened it up to a much more just like deeper and exciting and fun, frankly, like getting to know each other period because it was in person we did some like we then we were writing these fun emails to each other like it wasn't like I was just like abolished digital communication yeah and then the other thing too is like learning to get better at sitting with the the anxiety of it and really it's like pointing the finger back at yourself and being like okay why is this making me so anxious right now so yeah. how to deal with a bad texture it's like more about learning how to communicate your communication styles 100%. and what you're deserving of and if that sounds boring and not sexy it definitely yeah yeah but actually I think it actually leads to greater intimacy yeah. I mean not think it does it's just a matter of being vulnerable and being you yeah. know and having to have like that conversation of expressing your needs and figuring out and comparing yes my gosh. Well, I feel like this episode was so fun. I feel like we didn't even get through 
snippet of all of it, but I think we did kind of touch on so many different things, but I feel like people are going to have a million questions for you or want to get more involved with your work. And I know you have a few different in-person things and even online. So. Yeah. So people can go to my website, which I'm sure will be linked. Obviously you can work with me one-on-one, but even if it's, and there's also tons of, I link to all of my articles and other podcasts. So there's, and there's free downloads. Like there's all the free things. Like this isn't just, you know, I would love to work with you, but also that's not the right fit for everybody. Totally. But the thing that I'm going to create in the next few weeks, knock on, I don't know what, or something is that I've realized that all of these, whether it's like ghosting, social media, texting, uh, probably like dealing with your late twenties, the timeline, you know, that timeline Mm -hmm. and whatnot. There are certain key areas where I, I have like very clear information and like would be expanding upon things we talked about in this conversation where people can just like literally sit with it, read it and just like have that self-awareness for themselves, which is like 75% of the battle. Yeah. So, um, so I am going to create super simple, just like downloads on the site, um, which will be, which you can like purchase off the site, but there'll be, you know, it'll be affordable. It won't be, you know, it'll be accessible to all people in terms of that. So that is the best way is to get on my newsletter, which will then alert you when those are available. Um, because I have to write them all. <laughs> yeah. And so the newsletter, I, I get your emails. I feel like I got one this morning, but it's, you'll share different links to articles that you've written yeah. and things like that. So every Wednesday I put out a newsletter and I either write something that you're not seeing anywhere else. There's all this stuff, all these questions that came up, whether it's like, how do you deal with friends or how do you deal with like feeling like you need to be dating two people at once? Or how do you deal with like the gray area of dating? I do write exclusively new content generally every single week unless like this week I had a podcast interview come out and I had written an article somewhere like people don't need me we can you know like there's a lot to to take in so but yes that way you stay on top of that and then I do events so I have an event this is actually I'm super excited about this so it's in July it's in Brooklyn but if it does it may go to other cities and it's called Date and Flow. So we are doing a, I'm doing it with Katie Dalebout, who's another podcaster and um, a yoga teacher and an author. And she wrote a book about uh, journaling actually a couple of years ago. So we're going to do an actual yoga flow. And they're poses that are designed to like open up the body in a way which puts you, it makes you more self-aware essentially. And then we're going to do a group coaching session. And that's actually at the Hoxton in Williamsburg. So that's on July 17th. And then I'm speaking the wing on August 7th that is invite yeah that's invite only but I have spots so if you're if you're a member I think you can just go but if not then you can email me and I have some spots to give out and I'm trying to do more of those I have the larger dream is really to blend more of the like movement and yoga with these actual questions that you can ask yourself where you can discern because I think a lot of what came up in this conversation is there we hold a lot more of the wisdom within us. I mean, really when I work with people, I'm just working to pull that wisdom out of them and like show it back, like reflect it back to them. Um, but you can do that a lot of that on your own. And then when you pair it with movement, that's when you don't have to worry about like, I'm going to go to this place to, and like put myself out there. It's just the the whole thing flows. Yeah. I love that. I know. Flow. I think it's coming to Chicago in the fall. That would be amazing. So, so yeah, I'll definitely, as anything happens with that, I'll share more info but thank you so much for coming on this was amazing and I feel like this hit the nail on the head with so many different questions that you guys had so 